Hi, and welcome to Screens and Focus Podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Brooke. I'm Diana. And today we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 7, along with The Walking Dead, World Beyond, and recommendations on The Many Saints of Newark and Squid Games. But before we dive in, how are you, Diana? I'm great. Thank you so much, Brooke. How are you doing? Oh, good. I'm doing just fine. Awesome. Yes, it's so fall. It's starting to get chilly outside. So I'm always in search of my sweatshirts and sweaters now and socks. I just want to wear socks all the time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know it's freezing. And of course, eating, drinking, everything pumpkin, right? Because everything oh, has um, pumpkin something, right? There's Oh, <laughs> yes. So much pumpkin out there to enjoy. Love it. I know. My son bought me a pumpkin candle, pumpkin spice candle. So I've been burning it every oh. night. Very cool, right? Wow. That's almost like that gum that tastes just like dessert. You know, it's like you're eating it, but you're not. Yeah. So you're just smelling it. It just smells so good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> oh, I love the fall. Oh, and I love that your son bought you a candle. That is so sweet. I know, right? I love it. It was such a nice surprise. It was wonderful. Right. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, I want to... um Go ahead and ask you a question. Okay. Question of the day. And in this episode of The Walking Dead, we are starting to learn more about Commonwealth and their community and how everything is being organized and run. So my question is, how do you see yourself most useful if you were part of Commonwealth community? I would see myself... As a podcaster. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, we have to either give out information or entertain. There's 50,000 people, right? So my first initial thought, though, was being in a, a stage play or a performer somehow. And then I kept thinking, well, what could I do? And I thought, oh, my gosh, I could be a podcaster. I was thinking how they made those uh, VHS videos, I could work with the filming of those somehow. So, you know, I would find an artistic, creative way to insert myself there. That's so cool. That is so fun. I love that. And I love those videos that they have. They're so, they remind me of my youth. I know, right? Like just the way that they're filmed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah I could be an actor in one of those, right? In the background. Yeah. Yeah, she could be like the injury lawyer commercial lady, you know? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> the Dunyan Law Firm. <laughs> no, Yumiko, right? <laughs> yeah, but you could be the actor oh, for that. Oh, yes, know? yes, yes. But I would be, but I meant that I would be for the Yumiko law firm. I don't know. I can't think of Yumiko's oh, last go. name. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. She's going to, oh gosh, that'd be so. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. What about you? How do you see yourself most useful if you were a part of this Commonwealth community? Well, I mean, I, I, I would say that I'm a pretty darn good hairstylist and I'm always looking oh. at everybody's hair. So yeah. that's just like, I mean, obviously she's going to be, you know, 
doing hair. Yeah. At the Commonwealth. That's what I would guess. Mm-hmm. I could totally see that. It, like you said, it's a huge community. So, and then we got to see, oh my goodness, Sebastian. I was going to say, I knew you were going to bring that up. I know. When the way you were holding your face and your eyes, I'm like, ah, she's going to oh bring up goodness. Sebastian. I just know oh, it. Boy. Yeah. So there's all different types of people, okay, uh, on this island. Oh, uh, right? on this island? <laughs> I love that, this island. Let's cast him off. So yes, uh, vote geez. him off the island, oh. please. Amazing. Anyways. Amazing community. Yes, it is. So friends out there, how do you see yourself most useful if you were a part of the Commonwealth community? Let us know. You can leave us a comment on Twitter at in underscore screens. You can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our website. The links are in our show notes. Okay, Brooke, let's dig in to The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 7, Broken Promises. Tell me your overall thoughts. Oh, well, there was like quite a lot of incidences that had happened in this episode. And so my my mind was just like following everybody around, just so fascinated with Commonwealth. I was intrigued by Negan and Maggie's discussions and uh, their time that they spent together, as well as Daryl and Leah. I couldn't believe the energy that I was feeling between those two in this last episode. So I would say that I was quite excited to see this episode and to to have these stories unfold uh, right before our eyes. I mean, Yumiko, uh, she looks completely different. And uh, as well as Eugene, he's got some things that he's working out and I am so relieved to understand more about Ezekiel. Yes, man, you're so right. I really felt that this episode pushed the story forward and that we were able to see Negan and Maggie face the elephant in the room and while working on tactical training to prepare for the Pope and the Reapers. And I was really proud to see how heroic Eugene has become. And like you mentioned before, we meet Sebastian. Man, a spoiled brat for sure. He's such a pain. And I loved seeing Maggie's compassion for Elijah. And, and I was surprised by Negan's truthfulness, which we'll dig in as we uh, go through this episode. But tell me what stood out to you. Oh, well, so at first, um, I was quite interested in what the walkers were going to be intended for use. And Maggie and uh, Negan uh, are kind of working some things out. And Negan tells Maggie that he would have killed them all. And I was really shocked to see and hear him say that and for Maggie to respond in a way where we just go to straight to commercial uh, at her response, you know, I mean, that was just so intense that he had said that to her and she's questioning, why would you say that? Why would you say that to me? I mean, I'm still traumatized for what he did to her husband 
And now knowing that we've got little Herschel, I just, I was so appalled, but I completely see where he's coming from because he even tells her that, um, you know, even the bad guys are, are protecting their own. And even though they, they weren't as a community where there's children uh, all over the place, he defends that these were still people too. Uh, and I just, honestly, I don't know how he was able to say that to her and how she is able to work this through without killing him. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Uh, I totally agree and feel the same way. I was shocked too. Those were my exact words. I thought, you're actually saying this? I mean, he was compelling in his argument. And I agree with you that he brings about his points and points that we've seen for so long, right? Written out there about, oh, well, Rick came in with his group and killed all these people. But it wasn't really exactly like that. I mean, Rick just wasn't like, oh, let's just go kill these people. Wasn't it that Hilltop uh, and uh, Gregory were being strong-armed to give them their stuff, right? I mean, they had to hand over their things, even though it was their stuff, because they were told they had to. It was like their percentage for being left alone. And so Rick and the group were there to help them. I mean, right? Am I wrong in that? I'm like, you know, they weren't the good guys. They were uh, people taking what they wanted from others. And, you know, I've mentioned it before how, um, you know, he burns his own Dwight's face, who was his own guy, and he takes Sherry that was his wife as his own. I mean, he tore apart family. So, yeah, you can say that these people had families, and yes, they did, and it's horrible, yes, if you're trying to lead some people and they uh, they end up dying, but you weren't great people. You were doing bad things. So I was shocked, too, by what he said to her, and I'm not sure how she... Uh, can, you know, keep rising up and, and get, because she has a mission, which I love. I love Maggie and her mission to help Alexandria and, and help all the starving people and help little Herschel. So sorry for going on a little rant there, but I just feel like that just brought up so many feelings, right? Um, yeah, of course. With, uh, with Negan saying that, but I also felt his eyes, he's got these great eyes, right? That are so, um, engaging and you just uh he felt sincere in what he was feeling so you know we can say that but he is complicated and you can't fully trust him and he's brutally honest and he's very charismatic and he had other conversations with maggie uh in the beginning when he wants to survive and he urges them to go home after hearing daryl's covert message and Maggie basically says, I'm not going, you can leave. And that's when Negan asks for a deal, which I thought was ballsy, but that's what he does. And he says, you need me and makes her a promise that he will stay if the two of them are even because he doesn't want to look over his shoulder. And she says that they will never be even, but reluctantly agrees to his terms because they do need him 
And um, then later on, Negan provides tactical training via whisperer method. And Maggie gets frustrated with that mask because she trips over herself. And it was kind of funny. He says, the mask isn't going to fit you perfectly. It once was someone else's face, <laughs> which made me laugh. But he says, you know, this will work. You did good, Maggie. And he's like so excited for her, which must be so conflicting for Maggie. I'm not, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about how her headspace and where she should be. But they put their training to work and walk with the walkers, which was pretty creepy taking on a villain's way of life. That was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Watching Negan training Maggie. Ooh, that was just that's got to be so hard, so hard to do. And I mean, he was directing her shoulders, you know, at this angle and walk more like this. I was like, oh, man. And then if you're frustrated and then you have your husband's murderer. Right. Training you like such a difficult um, place to be. Uh huh. And, you know, it's, it's also, I feel, uh, that it was difficult for Daryl and Leah to be, uh, working together as well. I mean, they had like this love history and, you know, there were ultimatums that were made, um, in their, um, love life. Uh, what was it a few years ago? Yeah. So they have this history that they are also, they can't ignore. I mean, you know, they're different people now, but I still focused on them because I could feel something. There was certain energy um, that was coming from Daryl. Uh, and then Leah, I think she's just really holding back and trying. I felt like she was just uh, resisting him. You know, she's, she's, she's focused with the Pope and the Reapers. Um, but yet when Pope told Leah to kill anything that moves and she let that man and his son go and told them to never come back. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I'm like, okay, what's happening? Is it Daryl? Does she have her own plan? I, was really trying to figure this out. And she, um, when it came down to killing this guy's wife, I, I, and she couldn't do it. She was crying and Daryl had to do it for her. I'm thinking, Oh, what is going on between these two? And what's going to happen with Pope? She told Daryl that he's like a father to her. I'm like, what did I they go through? And what, you know, I'm just wondering, what did Pope do to manipulate these people and how? So I was yeah. super interested in Pope after this point. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah, that was... Right. Uh, uh, and I love how Daryl is trying to dig information out of her. I think he's just trying to get where she's at, trying to figure out if he can trust her and... You know, when he asks her, well, what are you going to do? Maybe you should just let these people go. They're probably just trying to find food. I don't know. I think he's just feeling the situation out. Ugh, he just wants his Leah back, right? I, 
in a perfect world, I think, get rid of Pope and the Reapers and Leah, come on, let's go, man. Let's start. Let's uh, pick up where we left off. Yeah, I that so when he was working with her on, you know, I I felt like he's definitely playing um the fields uh and I really think that he was trying to sway her. Mhm. But it was in some 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 at there were some points where I felt this was a bit I don't know if this is the right word, but it was kind of pathetic. <laughs> you know, I just felt that. I'm like, no, it just, something was a bit off. Yeah. You know? I yeah. just didn't think it would be that easy. So I was glad to see him focusing on the group. Yes. And thinking about the group. But the moment I would sense that he's like hoping for this life with her, I'm like, don't do this right now. <laughs> yeah. In some way. In some way. Well. I don't think he jeopardized it at all, which I really appreciate. Like, if Daryl had been, like, all gaga over her, that would have, like, made me mad. And, like, I would not have been happy. I like that he is staying true to himself and being his loyal self and just, but just trying to see if he can reel her in. So, um, yeah, I like the way he played this whole undercover part. But I want to bring up Eugene. Oh, my gosh. He is so incredibly brave running up to those walkers that breached the property and killing them. I love how much he has grown and evolved. This is a different Eugene. And Sebastian is such a whiner. You know, he's all, you disrupted our date and... And both he and Eugene begin a verbal battle while Stephanie, you know, notices a walker and goes to kill it. And the walker's blood splashes all over uh, Sebastian's date. And then Sebastian calls Stephanie a stupid bitch. So Eugene punches him and rightfully so, but quickly gets arrested because Sebastian is Pamela Milton's son. And Eugene has to give up where his group is or is going to stay in jail forever, it would seem, which is crazy. So these people are powerful. Yes. Oh, goodness. I mean, I guess that's how they have 50,000 in numbers. Yeah. I mean, they have law. Even that Sebastian was yelling at Mercer, which I found... That Mercer just had to take it. Like, I, I, it was interesting seeing that part. And I thought, really? You really have these spoiled brat, entitled people in an apocalypse? Ugh. And how did those walkers get in so easily? And they weren't even afraid yeah. of them. Yeah. And why did Sebastian even react like that? And like how it stinks. How they had, why did they even take them over there? To this, like, new territory that they're clearing for a romantic date. (laughs) Like, I don't... Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. And then how he just snooted on them, like, oh, it stinks out here, and then gets mad. I don't know. That man was so bizarre. Yeah. Him in his preppy clothing. Didn't he have a cardigan around his soldier's shoulders? Yeah. But what the heck? I don't, I just, where was he born? When, how old, you know, like Judith is so 
familiarized with uh, slaying these things or this guy. Where did you come from? Right. So silly. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts about this episode, Brooke? Um, so why all of a sudden does Ezekiel not have a tumor and it's just like going to get better with antibiotics and IVs and whatever else. And what the heck, what is that? And how come we're just like forgetting about it? Wait a minute. I thought he was just feeling better. Is it like gone? Well, he was saying that he's got antibiotics and an IV, and he was describing all of his treatments. So, and then he was like all uppity. I'm like, does he have cancer or does he not have cancer? Is he? Is this a two? What is happening now? Because he just, they're like, when he's like been coughing up blood for a season. Yeah, and then she's like. Princess is like, get him to the doctor, and she pulls the strings and gets him to the doctor, and then he's skipping back. <laughs> skipping back. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, gosh. for a season long, I thought he was going to die. He's had this scarf around his neck forever. And like, you know, when he and everybody initially went out there on bicycles with Princess, you know, he, right. He looked like, a, like he was going to die. Yes. Now he's skipping around and we're just going to pretend that that never happened. I don't know what's going on. I'm confused. But Ezekiel got some treatment and I'm assuming that all it was was like an infected lymph node. Maybe now. I don't know. I mean, and it just got to the size of a tennis ball. <laughs> I just don't understand. I am so confused. Um, Stephanie... I think the receptionist at the law office or um, Pamela Milton's office, I think that's the real Stephanie. Yeah, that's the girl with the ice cream. I think it, I don't know. That's what I've heard. uh, It's been speculated as that. And I, when I saw her in this, I thought the same thing. I'm like, are you really Stephanie? Because she. And like, I'm trying to remember the voice that Eugene used to speak to. Yeah. radio uh-huh. and she wears glasses and the real or and then this uh decoy stephanie wears glasses so and then this decoy stephanie does anything she can pull anything even though she's the one that got them up into the radio tower and now she's having to clear walkers but she still can get ezekiel to the doctor like she's st- i don't she has a I'm lot of sure power a lot of powerful yeah. ways what is going on with that? And then Father Gabriel and him seeing the Reapers uh, p- preacher. Yeah. And it was almost like he was seen because he looked in that direction that Father Gabriel was hiding. And he says, thank you, Father, in the same direction that Father Gabriel's hiding. I'm like, oh, did he know that he was there? I don't know. So I, I kind of have this feeling that he's he was seen. Yeah, I think they sensed each other, or at least he sensed someone was there. But then how would he know it's him? So he must have seen something. Yeah, and he was wearing his collar. He wears his collar still. So I really do think that he was seen. Well, it's surprising because Maggie says, kill anybody you see. And then he comes back and she's like, did you see anybody? And he's all, no. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh. And then she just looks at him like, yeah. 
Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah, very interesting. What else did you notice? Well, I thought it was so sad when Elijah sees his sister walking amongst the walkers. And, oh, it was such a sad moment. And then you see Maggie go over to him and hold his hand. Oh, my goodness. And there's tears flowing. Oh, that was such a touching moment. So hard, so hard. And so I thought that that was just a touching moment that they put into this world. And uh, I liked seeing that friendship between those two. Uh, Also, Yumiko and Tommy. So Tommy did not want it disclosed that he was a doctor. He tells Yumiko, Yumiko's, oh, but you know, you could do it and be this and dad's not around. And, And he says, no, 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 this is the life that I want to lead. And so it makes you wonder about him not wanting to be known as a doctor. But Yumiko had disclosed in her interrogation that she had a surgeon for a brother. So I don't know if they finally put two and two together. And that's why he was taken away so swiftly. Yeah. And then she's demands to see him. I know she's very demanding. I thought, whoa, whoa, watch it, Yumiko. I don't want you to get thrown in jail now, too. But she was very demanding. Like, uh, so I'm using my lawyerness. <laughs> yeah. Her Harvard law degree. Yeah. Goodness. Maybe I'll change my desired position i'll just tell them that i (laughs) I know right (laughs) (laughs) right formerly known as (laughs) yes and also when she did go uh and she met the who we think might be the real stephanie the um pamela milton's uh executive assistant uh she was offering her sparkling water or espresso i'm like excuse me And then Yumiko's thumbing through a book. It looked like she was looking at Italy. It's, it's, it's such another world to me that they are in this world. And I can tell you, I don't like it. I don't like, I mean, of course, I don't want our group tortured and living in dire conditions. But at the same time, I don't like that world. I don't trust that world. Um, uh, it just, they feel so entitled to me, and that really bothers me. So, and Ho- yes. and Hornsby, too. He's, I don't know, he has something up his sleeve. Everybody's just so yeah. peculiar. I don't trust anybody. There is just something um, not right. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say earlier. When Eugene punched him and then they came running to him and he says, do, do you know what you've done? And I'm thinking, okay, you probably didn't tell Eugene that Sebastian would be around and that who he was. I, I mean, they act like he should have known. Okay. He just arrived, saw your videotape. I think you should have told him. It's just, I felt. Like they were incarcerating him and keeping him in jail for something he didn't even know. 
He doesn't even know. He doesn't know who this guy is. He's just a jerk. So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't like any of that. So weird. Yeah. I know. It's terrible. Oh, oh, yes. Okay, Brooke, I want to know, who does your award go to? What was your favorite, quote, character or moment? Well, I think there are a lot of people that deserve, um, you know, some titles this this week. But uh, I'm actually going with Daryl. Cool. And yeah, I feel like he's he's playing a lot. He's weighing things out. He's having to to do a lot of overtime. Uh, he is with a group that are partially uh, unsupportive of him, and he has had to uh, earn his keep in a community uh, of violent people. And you know, at least he has Leah to kind of help keep him alive and he is still able to do some undercover work for his group. And he sent him and Leah on a wild goose chase. There are not dozens of people out there right now. It is just a few. So I think that's a really big job uh, for him. And I'm really proud of his efforts. So I love that oh, choice. Lord. Yeah. He's a good guy. For sure. He is. What about you? Well, I want to give my award to uh, Negan and Maggie and their conversation when, you know, he tells her he knows what it was like to have a community invaded and people killed and, and, uh, Maggie tells him, you killed people with families and you did it in front of their families. And Negan says, the world is different now. And, you know, and she asks him, you know, would you do different? Would you do it differently? And he says, yeah, I would kill. I would have killed every single one of you. And we talked about how uh, shocked she was and we were. And, and, and she asks him, why would you say that? And he says, we had a good day. And the only way this works is if we are honest. Man, I I do appreciate his honesty, but I don't understand it sometimes. And I want to say that Maggie is braver than brave. She is a true warrior. I was thinking about her in these uh, last episodes and wondering what Glenn would think of her, what Herschel would think of her and how proud they would be of her. And she is a fighter. She is fierce. And I, I love it about her. And I love it that she came back to The Walking Dead. And I, and I love knowing how strong she has grown. And, um, yeah, I just think that that conversation was very revealing for the both of them. Um, I really did like it. I felt it in my heart watching both of them hearing what they both had to say, because we do get to learn that Negan did feel a loss, that Negan felt responsible for his people, too. So, um, yeah, so that's 
who I would give my award to. Yeah, that was deep. Good one. Oh, good choice. Yes. Episode seven. That was so good. Loved it. It was really good. Really good. I just want a lollipop now. <laughs> you can have one, Brooke. Those lollipops looked so good. Yeah. He's all, no thanks. I've already had like five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That wraps up our conversation on The Walking Dead. So, Brooke, tell me, what else are you currently watching? Oh, well, I can hardly resist this show. And it is so, it's such a psychological thriller. It is like so chilling and sick. I mean, it's just sick, sick, sick. I'm watching Squid Game. Some of you have heard about this show. I had no idea what it was about. Like, my sister-in-law told me, you have to watch Squid Game. I'm like, okay. I was thinking an anime. I was like, what is Squid Game? <laughs> or like, and then my son started telling me about it. Like, it's a game show. I'm like, oh. And then it's a drama. So I'm like, okay. So I just had to watch it. I just put it on. And the first episode is called Red Light, Green Light. So it's a group of hundreds of adults who are signed up to compete in these games. Now, the introduction to the games, um, it seemed fun and exciting, and this could be really cool. So when they get the invitation, they're so excited about it and they think they can win. And then once they arrive and figure out what they're up against and what you know, where you're at with your loss, I was completely shocked. I mean, I'm sitting there watching this show with my jaw on the floor, like what just happened? And it's reached a huge amount of people. There's so many people watching it. Um, my One of my kids is in middle school and he asked if he could watch it because all his friends are watching it. And if you are listening, this show is not for kids. I mean, we've watched some really advanced films, but I just, this is something a little bit different. It's very twisted. It's very, it's chilling. And I'm terrified for what games they're they're having to play. I just got through one episode where their game was tug of war. I love tug of war, but I will not play tug of war on squid game. This show is, is crazy guys. This super, super duper. Whoa. So you could stream this on Netflix. I just talk about it as if everyone's watching it because I really truly believe that this is really out there. They're talking about Halloween costumes um, they're, they're in the blog every single day, every single day I see a blog on Squid Game. So it's a, a South Korean phenomenon. I, oh my, oh my. Yeah. I only saw one episode of the series so far and I, I think my son told me it was the biggest Netflix show. And I did read that after he told me that it is Netflix's biggest show, which is saying a lot, right? And yeah, it's 
I'm going to be watch, continuing to watch it because I have to see what's happening. But yeah, the first episode was very intriguing. We're just brought in by this one man um, who's, you know, very much in debt. And I, I, and I assume uh, that you win this pot of money if you ultimately survive, correct? So this series is, uh, has, is very brutal. It's visually striking. And it depicts a modern capitalist society. So, whoo! Man, I can't wait to keep watching. Yeah, it's cool. It's like, oh, I'm so stuck on it. And the actors are so, so good. And the voice actors are so good. So it's just everything about it. Yeah. Everything about it. They've done such a great job. I mean, the colors, the outfits, the costumes, the set design, it's strange. I mean, sometimes I feel like they're in a video game, you know, like Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah, like what is going to happen? So it's a trip. What else are you watching, Diana? Well, The Walking Dead World Beyond Season 2 has begun. And in Episode 1, we see Lieutenant Elizabeth Kublek. She tells Hope and the others that two hordes have come together, which they refer to as columns, and took over Omaha and the campus colony. That is all a lie because we see a flashback that the CRM destroyed those places with explosives. So Kublek, Hope, and Huck make a pit stop before reuniting Hope with her father to make sure she behaves well. Uh, because they want to just see if she's going to cause problems. So she tells them she's not going to go with them. But she tries to go out on her own, and she realizes she's up against Walker. She has no weapon. So she calls them. They pick her up, and they take her with them to the um, to the CRM. But, um, you know, she's playing it cool. Like, she's like, okay, I'm going with you. But, you know, she's still undercover for, you know, her father and her people. So it's just interesting watching her growth. Uh, we also see where Iris and Felix are at. So Will, who is Felix's uh, partner there, he is uh, tagged for murder because he knows the truth about what the CRM has done. So he is now with a group called uh, Perimeter, and uh, he has taken Iris and Felix with him as they are trying to figure out how to move forward. But... At the end of the episode, we see Iris stick, uh, kick it into warrior soldier person, and she ends up killing a CRM soldier, which was really shocking. But uh, we're seeing her growth and Hope's growth. This season, you can see it already so drastically different than the first season, where in the first season, you really saw these sisters growing and figuring out the world, and now they're just immersed in it. So it's kind of fun watching them. And uh, we haven't seen Elton or Cyrus at this point, but I'm looking forward to seeing them in the future episodes. I also watched The Many Saints of Newark. Oh my gosh, I really enjoyed this movie. And I have to admit, I haven't watched The Sopranos. I know, I know. But 
I am watching The Sopranos now. So um, this movie is a prequel to the HBO crime drama series, The Sopranos. It takes place in the 60s and 70s in Newark, New Jersey. The film follows a violent gang war from the perspective of mobster Dickie Maltasanti, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, and his teenage nephew, Tony Soprano, in the midst of the 1967 riots. So Michael Gandolfini plays young Tony, and he is the late James Gandolfini's son, okay? And so... James Gandolfini played Tony in the series. So here it is, his son playing the younger version of Tony. And that is actually what drew me to watch this because I saw uh, John Bernthal along with uh, Michael Gandolfini on the Today Show. And just watching them being interviewed, I'm like, I have to watch this movie. And I just think it's a pretty important movie if you watch TV and movies because I know The Sopranos is regarded as one of the best TV shows ever. And so it's very cool to watch this uh, Michael play um, a role that his father is famous for. And seeing them and their mannerisms and their looks, ah, it's just, it's it's just a cool thing to see. Also, Leslie Odom Jr. is in this movie, Ray Liotta, Vera Farmiga, Corey Stahl, and everybody is really good in it. The cars in this movie are so nice, and the music is so good. I was sucked into this movie. I really was. My husband was too. He wasn't, he didn't even think he wanted to watch it, and we watched it, and we were both really, really happy with it. So cool. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, very good movie. So I, recommend it. Even if you haven't watched Sopranos, I was able to figure it out. So thank you, Brooke, for your recommendations. Thank you for your insights to The Walking Dead. I appreciate it so much. Thank you, Diana. And I love your insights as well as your recommendations. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for yours, Brooke. So that's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review our podcast on Apple, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll also be uploading new episodes in a couple of weeks. The next show will be on Fear the Walking Dead. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.